The Coonhound Collective Podcast is brought to you by CZ Welding and Custom Dog Boxes. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Check these guys out today. This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Hey, this is Jason with the Coonhound Collective Podcast. You might have noticed that we didn't drop an episode last week, but uh, we're going to be backing off and we're going to go to every two weeks to releasing episodes. Uh, that's just a personal thing for me. Um, I'm, you know, we deer season right here in full swing in Missouri, and uh, I've got some some young dogs that I'm hunting, dog that I'm trying to push in some hunts, and you know, I do all my own editing and and stuff like that. And I appreciate all the listeners out there, but this is just going to help me out uh, to be able to get in the woods to 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 do what we're we're here and and love to do and let's get out and chase some coons with a dog so just be looking it's going to be the same day and later on in the year we may go back to doing it weekly but for right now and for the foreseeable future we're going to back off and go to every two weeks so be looking on every every other thursday for us to be dropping an episode uh from here until the foreseeable future if we go back to weekly i'll come back and let you know Hey guys, thanks for listening. And if you don't mind, go over to, if you're listening to us on Apple, drop down there and give us five stars. Leave us a review. We really would appreciate that or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Welcome to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. Today, I am going to be talking plot dogs with Mr. Jeffrey Coons. Mr. Jeffrey, how are you today? Doing good. Doing real good. Thanks for having me. Oh, I appreciate you taking your time to uh, to be on the podcast today, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really excited. I think this is, uh, like I said there before we hit record, I think this is something a, a lot of people in other breeds don't know a lot about, and uh, we want to we want to definitely do our part to shine the light on the plot breed and and talk about some dogs that that have uh, produced some good good winning dogs. So, uh, won't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, kind of where you're from? And kind of how you got into coon hunting. Okay. I'm, I'm from Gloucester, Ohio, born and raised here. I've lived in three houses my whole life, and two of them's been on this farm. So I've uh, I've stayed here. I'm planning to be here. Um, started coon hunting with probably grade four or five with my uncle, Fred Cavey. He had the plot dogs before I was born. His first plot dog um uh, came to be about in 1957 and still to this day we have the same blood that he started with back in 1957 i've got the same blood i started with you know when i was in fourth or fifth grade uh went through a lot of them between now you know now and back then uh it's watered down a little bit more it may be stronger in some points uh we try to try to line breed uh, and then we outcross and then that's how i got started and i've stuck with it ever since i've had other breeds i've had walker dogs i've hunted other breeds for other people uh i've enjoyed them had some pretty good walker dogs had a good black and tan one time but i've always had plot dogs yeah so you know you talk about um you know back in the 50s when this when this line got started was was it a specific line of plot dogs that that these dogs come from well his dogs went back to like kids jeff the kid blood which pretty well everything originated from uh north carolina tom nickel stormy you know and then that went into like the tack dogs the you know tree and casey dogs um and then on up uh dean kitchen uh he had that same blood too and he outcrossed and uh he you know he had the kitchen's tally kitchen's bud which was off of my uncle's bud dog uh so you know all what i what i did was i when i went to bench shows with everybody you know all the old timers and i'd go to a coon hunt I'd say, well, that's what I want, or, you know, that's that's how I want my dog to stand. And I would just collectively put everything together and think, well, this is what I want to do someday. And we've done it and uh, had some decent luck. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, people that I've talked to, especially in doing this podcast, when we talk about breeding, especially guys that, that, that line breed, it's, it, it's really, uh, and pride might not be the right word, uh, that I'm looking for here, but it's almost a sense of pride to carry that tradition on through generation after generation. And I'm sure that's important to you as well. Yeah. I mean, it is, uh, but I'm not afraid to say that somebody else has a good coon dog, uh, or I'm not afraid to get a shot of a, you know, another coon dog because that's what I only, you know, our goal is to make the next one better and you know, make the next one louder, make the next one tree harder. You know, uh, Oki was uh, born in 2000, and uh, he was a quiet-type dog. Uh, He was a kind of a moody dog. There toward the end, he didn't like to haul good. But, you know, he was like a collaboration of everything that I kind of wanted. You know, we had our dogs, and then I always, I told a buddy of mine, Garrett Shad. I said, I want a Jim Beam female. Lynn Perry had Jim Beam back in the 80s. And I said, I want a Jim Beam female. And he went over and bear hunted with uh, Theron Smallrig. And uh, so one day he called and said, Jeff, I found your Beam female. I said, okay, good deal. So, you know, we met and I got her. And she was a bear dog, but she would still tree coon. She, you know, she, would, she wasn't a white hunter. You know, she was used to, you know, being rigged and things like that, but she would trick him. Uh, not a really a good looking dog, but we crossed her with my old tango dog, which, which was everything that, you know, that we ever hunted. And, uh, and the, the rest is kind of history. Another name I want to mention back is Pete Bentley's dogs, Pigeon Hill Barney. And pit, those dogs are in there, which goes back to Carl Placer's Chuck. These dogs go back to Frank Belden's um, Cajun dog, which goes back to Carl Placer's Chuck. So it's just a little bit of everything that we've always had that we try to keep close. You know. Yeah, one thing you mentioned there was you, you, you're not afraid to go out and get something else to, to produce the next best hound. And I... And I honestly think as time has went on, that's what's made the Walker dog breed so successful in night hunts overall, um, is those guys can have a knockdown drag out fight on Saturday night. And if their female comes in heat Sunday morning, they're on the phone calling that guy that they had a knockdown drag out fight with to breed to. And I think with some of our other breeds, and maybe that's not the case with the plot breed I'm not as familiar with, but in some of our other breeds, we become... I guess kennel blind or we look at who owns the dog instead of looking what it can do better mm-hmm. for for our breed uh whatever that breed might be yeah um oki's been crossed with a lot of different i guess what you want to call lines or whatever but um we have you know females or male dogs that goes back to several different stud dogs in the plot um, you know, over the last 10, 15 years and, you know, some we like, some we don't like, some we keep, you know, some we don't keep. Um, but there's like traits that I like to look for. And like I, my boys hunt with me, my oldest boy, Jacob, he hunts more with me than the other two. I have three boys, Jacob, Tanner and Sawyer. Um, but they have all hunted with me over the years and, uh, Jacob's more into the dog sports and the biggles and the coon dogs than I am or than the other two but um you know I tell him you know you know there's this trait I like this trait I like this trait you know and it seems to be like now and somebody told us about three years ago at plot days they said well we can tell that that's out of your dog because they kind of all look alike and and you know we don't like announce that or you know, publicize it, but that's what we're shooting for. You know, traits are traits. And I'm a firm believer that if this dog has this trait and, you know, I want to keep that going and, you know, color, voice, you know, tree intensity, you know, trackability and everything, you know, there's good traits and bad traits. You know, you get a lot of the bad traits too, but can't, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. 
Yeah. So in talking about traits there, say if someone was interested in and wanted to get a plot hound from you, what are those traits that you have seen passed down generation after generation, you know, loud mouth, good tracking, good tree, et cetera. What, what are those traits that you've seen in your line of dogs? Well, you're going to think I'm crazy. Probably everybody else will too, but you know, I, I probably am a little crazy, but you know, it goes clear into the collar. You know, a lot of the dogs with a little strip on their back toe, you know, a little strip on their front toe or, or a white patch on their chest. Um, you know, the dark collar, you know, uh, I look for the, you know, you can't tell that when they're a puppy, but you can tell it when they get to barking, you know, at something or when they're old enough to start wanting something, you know, that tree intensity where they're just kind of lock in, you know, and Oki, old Oki, was a very intense tree dog, and he was, I never hunted him by himself. I mean, I very seldom hunt a dog by itself. I usually take two or three, and I'm a firm believer. If if a dog's going to be natural, you know, that's what I want because that's what I'm producing. No matter if I break it from backing a dog, that dog's not going to produce not backing a dog. So. I just, you know, let the, you know, ball where it land where it may. And, uh, you know, that intense tree dog, Oki, was a natural tree dog, split tree dog. And he very seldom was with another dog. There when he got older, he was with other dogs. But that was before the Garmin's. So you don't know if they was with him or he was with them. So, but, he, you know, that's a, just a natural trait that this fell down from the sky and i like that yeah and, and i definitely want to get into the to the nuts and bolts here of talking about Oki because he definitely definitely uh, looks like he's done his part in the stud pen but before we move into into that there in ohio i try to cover this because like for me i've never hunted in ohio and i'm sure there's other people that'll be out there listening that that hasn't what kind of hunting terrain do you have there is it field rolling hills mountainous etc well, we're in southeastern Ohio, about 80 miles southeast from Columbus, you know, an hour from Parkersburg, West Virginia. So we're in the hills. You know, we hunt big timber. 98% of the time we hunt farms. You know, the saying is, my saying, I guess I have a lot of them, is where there's coon, there's, where there's cattle, there's coon. And uh, it's just rolling hills. I mean, two, three coon a night you're happy. Okay. Yeah. I just like to cover that. That way, you know, people can kind of visualize what kind of, what kind of hunting you've been hunting in as, as uh, we go through here. And it kind of gives people an idea of what other terrain is. We can go an hour and we can be in flat country. We're two hours and 15 minutes from Holmesville, which is a popular spot. So, you know, that's great hunting. Um, we went to the zones this year and it was three and a half hours to Mercer, Pennsylvania. So we're just kind of down here in the corner in the hills, but you know, we have a decent coon population. Our coon are more concentrated, you know, like if you hunt Wayne National Forest, you're going to trade a coon, but you're not going to trade a boatload of them. Yeah. Well, I understand that for sure. Like I, like, uh, I was talking to you about before we hit record here, I lived in Illinois for about a year and, actually hunted some flock dogs for Mr. Wesley Good, who was on a previous uh, segment with me on the podcast here. And, um, man, it was just coons everywhere. I mean, really thick coon population where we were at there, right off the Wabash River. And then to where I'm at today here in Missouri, and the the crazy thing is I lived up outside of St. Louis, and we had kind of the same uh, coon population we did in uh, Illinois, but – I moved down here south uh, in southwest Missouri here in the Ozark Mountain area. And, boy, my coon population is way down uh, compared <laughs> to what it is. It's just it's kind of the same state can have that much coon in one area and so little coon in another area. It's kind of kind of crazy, but, hey, that's just the way it is. I used to hunt out there. I used to go out there once or twice a year and hunt with my uncle to Bud and Albert Brinkman's right there where you not very far at all from where West stayed. Okay. Okay. Um, 
So, so we mentioned Oki uh, a couple of times. I'm not, I don't know if that's the dog that you want to start with, but, um, let, let's jump into, to these dogs and, and where Oki come into the, to the picture and kind of what he was out of and stuff. Well, we had, uh, uh Oki's dad was Tango and Tango's dad was Cash. Cash was out of Davis's Raider and Manzel's Pansy which went back to Dean Ketchin's dogs and my uncle's dogs, which all come out of the same bucket. And uh, just through the years, we we bought cash off of Dean Ketchin when I was probably 17, 16, 17 years old or so. And cash, if I had cash today with all the modern technology, his name would have been on things. But... You know, back then we had the old Radar Tron shocking colors, which really didn't have a whole lot of luck with. But he was trashy. He was a beautiful tree dog, and he had that trait of a solid tree dog. I mean, the focused. He, I always said he would set and type. And uh, Sally, she was out of Pigeon Hill uh, Barney, pretty sure. And so, so that's just the the collaboration that everything goes in full circle so we had tango no uh sally was out of cash and tango and sally was litter mates so um no i'm, I'm wrong tango and roxy was litter mates so we bred cash to sally and got tango and roxy in them and then i hunted roxy was probably still my old all-time favorite coon dog she was just a good old-fashioned coon dog she would just tree a coon after tree a coon, just tree coon, tree coon, tree coon. About once a month, she'd tree a possum, and I could tell you exactly when she'd tree a possum. She'd just sell trees, and I'd say, that's a possum. They'd say, oh, it is not. I said, I guarantee you, that's a possum. We'd walk in, be a possum. And uh, she just was silent on the possum. I don't know if she just ran across her or what, but once a month, she'd tree a possum. But she was a coon dog deluxe, just a, you know, hide dog. And she wasn't much of a competition competition dog i had some places with her i placed with her at plot days in tail city one time but she was just a good old-fashioned coon dog but she produced coon dogs and uh, so anyway we bred uh tango which was roxy's litter mate and uh bred her to the maggie fur making maggie dog that we got off of theron small ridge which was out of jim bean and then that we actually me and monty blower owed and uh, I had the litter here at my house, and I sold pups at Plot Days in Pomeroy in 2000. And uh, Monty Blower hunted with us, and he lived here in Gloucester. He's done. He's passed away since then. Okay. Uh, but uh, he, a guy that he worked with at the coal mine, bought him. And uh, I don't know. Twelve months later, I'd say he wanted to get rid of him because. He had a, you know, he wouldn't handle for him. He wouldn't come back. He he was just high maintenance. So we bought him back and uh, we'd hunt him and hunt him and hunt him and hunt him. And he was just gone, but, you know, he was just gone. He'd just go hunting, never at a tree, nothing. All one night we had Josie, which Monty owned Josie. And uh, I was probably hunting Taz, my old Taz dog, and uh, or Roxy. And uh, he just fell treed. And uh, we said, man, Ro Josie's really training hard tonight. So we walked into the tree, and it wasn't Josie. It was Oki. So that's when we was campaigning Redwood Josie pretty hard. And uh, she come in heat. So... I don't know, 16 months old, we took him to a hunt because we couldn't take Josie. And uh, he got three first places in two weekends, a Saturday night and then a Friday night and a Saturday night. And then it was just, I'm not going to say easy, but he was just a natural. I mean, we had to train him, but he he did the training himself because you, you couldn't hunt him with a pup trainer or an older dog because he never honored an older dog. But he just started training coon, and then he never quit. 
Well, um, that's that's the kind you like is whenever they they come on like that on their own and they you, you know they pretty much just take off like that. We had some long nights, you know, before he did free that first coon. Uh, very long nights, very aggravating nights. You know. Yeah. Just well, going in I'm, after him. I'm gonna give Trevor Wade the credit here because he he wrote the ad, and I was reading through some of these ads that that he, there are not the ad the the story that that he wrote on. Uh, on their uh, forum page there, and I and I seen this, and that's when I reached out to you. And Oki had 120 at the time of this writing had 127 pups, um, and uh, out of that, 18 of those pups uh, titled out, putting him second to to sizzling heat on the uh, reproducers list. So, um, and, and just going through here, looking, you know, you, you think about 18 pups, but when you go through here and you read these litters off of you know, eight pups and four four pups titled out, or um, you, you know, there was another one in here. I think it had seven pups and five of those titled out. Whenever you're having um, litters with that many pups that are either a being put in in hands of, of people that are hunting them and and, and making a dog out of them um, and, and producing them, or those that Oki is just producing that much ability in those dogs to be able to go out and produce. Yeah, he was he, he was a good producer. Uh, he was bred to some awful good females. So, you know, you have to give them credit too. But, you know, you can see his traits in a lot of the dogs. Uh, you know, and we didn't do it. I didn't do it by myself. You know, we, the, the year that, you know, we hunted Josie and uh, got 17th in the world with her. I don't know what year it was, 14 or or four or five or six or something like that. That was in Palmyra, Missouri. Uh, and then we started hunting Oki. I never had much luck. Oki, as he got older, we hunted him in the Prina race. We hunted him on all the mopes, uh, you know, all them big hunts. We hunted him in 13 different states one year. And, uh, you know, that got him known. Uh, you know, he, he got beat. He beat some uh, good dogs, but he got beat some, by some good dogs. So, you know, that's part of competition. Uh, you know, like I said, didn't do it by myself. Uh, Monty Blower owned Josie. Me and him both owned Oki, and then I ended up buying all of Oki. Uh, you had Wesley Good, Evan Workman, Johnny Hager, Richard Emery, Lyndall Perry, uh, Kevin Lundholm, Tony Knight, uh, Kyle Emery. Uh, you know, we call it the Team Redwood. And the, we have our West Virginia branch. We have our Indiana branch. And now uh, we just torment each other, you know, the, about the southern uh, branch and the eastern branch and the western branch. And then now Ryan Beatty from Canada, he's got uh, somebody. He bred a female to our old Hokie dog, which was out of Hokie. And, uh, so he's got my matter of fact, my boy just got back from there last night. He went to Ontario and hunted and they had a blast treating big game. Yeah. Uh, I, I seen a picture of that did. and they, they, they were small bear cubs. <laughs> yeah. Jacob said it sounded like a human falling out of the tree. Um, but, uh, like I said, you know, it's been a collaboration of a, of a bunch of good buddies having the same goal and, uh, knowing what we want and like i said making the next one better and i'm i know i forgot somebody and i apologize but it's hard to remember names when you're on the spot yeah and you know you mentioned the the redwood deal there and that's one thing that i have noticed you know growing up getting the magazines if there was a redwood plot in there to me, there may have been some jealousy inside there that, that wasn't seen, but man, they, they was a lot of guys gathered around, c congratulated everybody and really, really seemed to, to support everybody. And, and when I talk to people on the podcast, they mention multiple people that, uh, help, help their line of dogs or help their breed of dogs. And, and it really takes, um, a, a village, I guess you would say to, to, to bring up a line of dogs like that and, and to make it successful. Hey guys, this is Jason at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Maybe you've been out hunting and noticed that your dog box is getting a little beat and banged up and you're looking for something new. Well, let me help you point in the right direction here. 
Go see my friends over at CZ Welding and Custom Dog Boxes. Get a hold of Nathan Kaufman there on Facebook, and he, he can fix you up with a dog box. Make sure you tell him Jason sent you over there. He'll get you a good deal on a custom box. You'll get something that you can enjoy for years to come that's built right, that's built to be with you for a long time. Nathan uses what he builds, and it's a quality product. Not only that, go support someone like CZ Welding and Fabrication. Nathan stepped forward, and he's donated some boxes for some raffles, some benefit hunts, some uh, youth events uh, that's been able to be uh, raffled off to raise some money for those things. And we want to help those guys out that help our sport. So go over, check my friends out at CZ Welding and Custom Doll Boxes. Give Nathan Kaufman a call and do business with a true hunter. These are doll boxes built by hunters for hunters. CZ Welding Custom Doll Boxes. Go check them out today. That's very true. I mean, I I compare coon hunting to a sport, athletic sport, which coon hunting is an athletic sport. You know, if if your dog is not an athlete and it's not in shape, it's not going to produce what you want it to produce, you know, as far as wins and, you know, hunting ability and being in shape and, and all of that. So, you know, I, I, we, I don't like to use the term I, but, you know, we all have the same goal in mind and we know what it takes. And you've never seen a good sports organization win when they're feuding, you know. Just like when somebody wins the Super Bowl, you know, everybody's on the same page. If somebody wins the World Series, everybody's gelling and everybody's on the same page. It takes either nine on the baseball field, 11 on the football field, or five on the starting basketball court and a good bench. And that's the same way with king hunting or rabbit hunting or anything competitive. Yeah, that's, that's just, you know, anybody that I've talked to that's had any success with their line of dogs, that, that's a common theory you, you hear over and over and over again of, you know, the people they have around them. They had people that they could put pups in the right hands and the right situations uh, to, to really see what they had, really not, not even really trying to produce anything. A lot of them was just trying to see what they had, and it, and it did produce something. Yeah, um, I mean, we don't sell a lot of pups, but, you know, I, we very seldom s- sell a started dog. I mean, if it's going to be a good one, we want to keep it. <laughs> but Or somebody in our, you know, close group wants to keep it. So, you know, we, we want to make sure we take care of us first. But the, I guess, you know, it, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, everybody knows what we want and we just shoot for that, you know, and, you know, a bad dog eats just as much as a good dog. So, you know, and there's bad ones. I mean, you know, anybody that tells you there's not, they're full of, you know what, but, you know, we, you just want to have more good ones than bad ones, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, b- before we move on from, from, from Oki there, how much intermingling with coonhound and big game hunting is going on in your line of dogs? Are you tired of whipping, scolding, and shocking to make them get alone? Is your buddy tired of helping you set your dog up for correction night after night? Do you really want your dog to be alone because you forced him to be? Or would you rather him be alone because he wants to be? Grand Knight Champion Small Town Lone Survivor is the product of over 25 years of strong natural-born independent traits. This bold trait has been passed down from generation to generation and is showing up in Loner offspring today. Loner is a direct son of Hall of Fame Grand Knight Champion Cabin Creek Rowdy and Grand Knight Champion Lonesome Dove Lori. Loner has a booming mouth that is talked about in every cast he has been in including the 2021 World Hunt Finals. Loner is a no-reverse, ball-mouth-open trailer who ends it plussed up with a huge dying locate and steady chop. Loner loves getting split and is a stay-put gun-pressure tree dog. Loner's intelligence is also impressive. He knows over 12 voice and hand signal commands, 
Loner has a character that loves like Jesus, but he doesn't walk on water. If you're interested in breeding to Loner, contact Brett Stevens at Small Town English Kennels at 417-300-3777 or find him on Facebook. If you're interested in running a stud ad for your dog here on the Coonhound Collective podcast, reach out to us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Send us a message through Facebook or Instagram, and we'll be glad to get with you to get your ad built and get you pricing on all of our ads. Well, Lando Perry and uh, a lot of guys down in West Virginia around the Buckhannon, Philippi area, that part of West Virginia, they bear hunt the dogs. and we can hunt the dogs. So, you know, the, the singer dog, the sister dog, the cash dog, Hokey, the Hokey we have now, uh, June, they've all been bear hunted, but they're also coon hunted. But, you know, some of the old bear stock is in these dogs. And, you know, it takes a special dog to be a bear dog. I'm not saying these dogs are, you know, great bear dogs because they're not, but they're bear hunted. And then some of them make some pretty good bear dogs, but they bear hunt them and we can hunt them. It's three hours and 15 minutes to Lindell's house. And, uh, you know, we'll go down there coon hunting or go to the, you know, plot section on Elkins that Jamie Esteps put on. Hey, Jamie Esteps, Estep puts on. And, uh, Evan lives in Philippi and when he coon hunted hard, we'd get down there. Uh, he just bear hunts now. Uh, but Wes lives in Ripley, which I'm sure there's some coon bear there, but we get down there and coon hunt or he'll come up to here. Uh, but um, they have the, the dogs are bear hunted and coon hunted. Uh, I'm going to say they're better coon dogs than they are bear dogs, but myself, I've never bear hunted before. I want to go and that's one on my list when I retire. Yeah, well, and I've need, I've not either. I'm not big game hunting with dogs. It's something that that I want to do, and and hopefully we'll we'll get to do here soon. But uh, I just wanted to touch on that because I know you're kind of over there in that area where where there is some bear hunting with with hounds that go on, and I know uh, the plot hound is a a breed that has been used for you know some of that big game big game hunting, and uh, I, I just wanted to touch on that. Uh, briefly there so matt mushaw matt mushaw he bought one bought a got a pup off of us last spring and he's bear hunting it okay so um all right we talked about about oaky and let's talk about some of the so obviously I, i would think some of these pups he produced um stayed there at your house so um, mm-hmm. let, let's talk about some of those, uh, pups. I think S- splitter was one of them, but I don't know how far down the road, uh, he was from when you first started breeding him. So let, let's touch on some of these pups that he had. Yeah, we had, well, splitter, Rick Davis owned splitter. I forgot Rick's name. So there's the name. I'm glad you brought splitter up. Uh, splitter. We, uh, we had him here. We all kind of just teamed up and hunted him. He, he introduced me to new ground that I've never seen before, and I've hunted here all my life. He was a white hunter. Uh, Jason from Pennsylvania ended up buying him. He came here one night, wanted to buy a dog, so he bought Splitter. Uh, but he was a nice dog, but he just hunted so wide. And uh, like I said, that was he introduced me to a lot of ground that I've never seen before. But uh, we had Splitter. We had, uh, I know I'm going to forget some, um, Tony Knight's ace dog, Kevin Lundhone's melody dog, uh, Richard Emery's rock dog, uh, Johnny Hager, solid oak dog. Evan had two females, Spider and, uh, she can't remember the other one's name. I'll think of her name here in a second. Spider and, uh, uh, Wesley Goods Dixie dog. Uh, Richard Emery's Dixie dog. Uh, you know, we all just hunted them and teamed up. We had 
OJ, you know, between me, Richard Emery, uh, Ryan Ellis, maybe uh, put a put a win on him. Um, but I'm trying to think of some other dogs that was out of the Oakie and Josie. Oh, Josie and the Oakie, Oakie and the Josie cross was a very good cross. And uh, some made it, some didn't. Uh, but the ones that did make it, they was pretty special. Um, I'm kind of drawing a blank. On, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking at the um, listing here, and I guess that uh, first cross was in 2003 with Josie, produced eight pups, and the four that titled was Coons Redwood Josie again. Uh, Divided mm -hmm. Acres, Rock and Rita, Knights Redwood, Rita. Treeing Ace, uh, Redwood OJ, and then mm -hmm. uh, a month later, Oki's second litter um, produced um, Grand Knight Champion Kyle's Brennell Redwood Rock mm -hmm. uh, and Coons Redwood Nikki at Night. Um, Rock is not a Nikki. Yeah. Okay. And that's just to name a few. So obviously you've you've got dogs that that are are um, producing. So um, to to keep that line and to keep that producing, what 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 dog did you was it a male or a female dog that you moved to next that you were campaigning hard um, and hunting hard like Oki? Uh, we hunted solid oak hard. Johnny Hager owned little. We called him Little Oak. Uh, Johnny owned him. He lives down in dingus west virginia we hunted him in a lot of the hunts and he he did a lot of winning and he's produced some pretty nice dogs he was out of the Oakie and josie cross uh and then we hunted uh the dixie dog that wesley good owned it was out of my uncle fred's female and she was a really nice dog between wes and myself and evan workman uh, we all three hunted her and, uh, we all three treated a lot of coon with her and got some wins on her. She was a grand night. She was a nice dog. The, the little singer dog that Lindell has right now, she reminds me probably as close to anything as, as the Dixie dog, uh, that Wes had, uh, Richard Emery's Dixie dog. She was out of, uh, Oki and Tiffany Kiefer's female. Tiffany Smershel, I'm sorry, uh, female. I uh, I had her here when she was young, and I remember calling Richard one day and telling him, say, Richard, I think if we turned Dixie loose in a football field, she'd find a coon to tree because she would just tree coons. She was not flashy by any means, but I'm telling you, wherever you turned her loose, it may be behind you, beside you, in front of you, but she would tree a coon somewhere. And she was just very consistent like that. And uh, she was a fun dog to hunt. And then Richard and uh, Kyle took her back out there and uh, they finished her out. And uh, she was one of them. Uh, uh, the Rock Dog, uh, he was a nice dog. He's produced some pretty good dogs over the years, Little Rock and those dogs. Uh, I think the Tack Dog was even out of him that Richard had. Um, but several different females, um, uh, and several pretty decent dogs. Yeah. Well, and like I've, like I've said multiple times, y'all, y'all definitely been successful. And, and I think a lot of that goes to the support group that you have around you, um, you know, with, with, with helping hunting these dogs and, put them in the woods and in different people's hands and different scenarios that de that's definitely got to, got to help for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So what, what do you got that you're hunting now? We have, now we have the, uh, we had, well, another dog that was out of Oki was Hokey, which was out of Kenny Roark's squirrel female. And I got him back. Kenny Roark sold the pups, and uh, I got one back. 
and uh, its name was Hokey. Got him in June, hunted him all June, all July, took him to plot days, and got first place on Friday night and Saturday night with him. Got beat by Evan on Thursday night with his half-sister. She won the Isaiah Kid, and Hokey got, Hokey got two first places that weekend. Um, hunting with Autumn Oaks, won his cast there. Um, he he was he was a nice, very nice dog, but he was just not a very he had a, he didn't have a real good mouth. I don't know if something happened to his mouth when he was younger. Uh, Alan Gilstrap and Kenny Rowark kind of seems to think something happened to his mouth when he was younger, but he would tree a coon and tree a lot of coon. He just wasn't very loud, and he would tree. He would tree on the tree some, but he would tree more around the tree, really close, like his chest close to the tree. So I didn't really, you know, push him in the hunts because he was just not that kind of dog that, you know, it's flashy. It's not something that you want to see that you would see on the in in the in the book. But come to find out, he produced some pretty nice dogs, and right now we're hunting. A dog we call Little Hokey, and he is out of the uh, cross we made, what, three times, I think. I'm probably wrong on that, but with Lyndall Perry's Izzy dog that Lyndall bought off of Wes, and now we have several young dogs, and I think there are four now, Hokey and Singer and them, but, you know, they're both Grand Knights. We have Sister. Uh, that we're hunting now in the hunt hot and heavy um, we have a June female which is out of the Hokey and Izzy cross so you know those dogs are just kind of taken up where the Oki Josie dogs and the Oki dogs left off and we're producing those same traits that we like and we're seeing the, the, the dogs all favor the same thing like voice and focusedness uh, if that's a word uh, just all the traits that we like you know and that's what we're shooting for and it's so far it's working because you know we have a few little pups down there in the pen right now and they're very you know they bark a lot at times but when they see something they like they're focused and, you know they all look a lot alike uh, so right now I guess the you know, my son Jacob, he uh, got world champion plot with Hokey this year. He won his cast at Autumn Oaks, got uh, high scoring plot at Autumn Oaks. He won plot days and won the Isaac Kid Award at plot days. So we're probably done, Hokey, done hunting Hokey now in the hunts. Like I say, he's four, four and a half, or something like that. But now, now it's time to go on to something else. But we'll still hunt him around here, but he's probably down in the hunt. But he, he honestly, Hokey is a better dog when it's 20 degrees than he is when it's 70 degrees. He, we treat more coon with him in the bad nights in the winter than any dog that I've probably ever hunted in my life. He's got a good nose. Uh, he'll When he strikes the track, he'll finish the track. And, uh, and that's something. And so far, a lot of his pups act pretty good. They're still young. Uh, we have one now that's 11 months old, Rick Davis owns, and he is acting really good. Acting really good. Uh, so hopefully he'll be in the hunts next spring. Yeah. So um, in your breeding program there, as you're bringing this stuff along, are are you a big fan of having your male dolls collected or are you just breeding from generation to generation to, to, to bring that line along without having to dip back into some of the older blood? We have, we have them collected. Uh, we have a few straws of old Oaky left. We, we used a few and have had no luck. Uh, no luck at all. We bred him see his grandpa would have been a magic dog that uh, the, he was a quad she was a quad grand 
from Michigan that Corey Hall owns, and we tried it on that, and it never worked. We bred, her, bred the Oki semen to something else, too, and it never worked. Maybe uh, might have been uh, Singer, but um, we, we tried something on Singer, and it didn't work either. Uh, it might have been the Oki semen because we like breeding grandpas, the granddaughters, you know, uncles, the nieces, and, you know, just a lot of what the old timers always used to say, you know. Well, you know, th- those, uh, and I talked about this with Mr. Uh, uh, Crozier whenever I had him on the podcast with Blackjack Blue Tick Kennels, and a lot of those old guys, you know, um, that as, as these lines were developing, through, through the years, they, they really had to sit down and put pencil to paper and they kind of got that thing figured out to, to how to pass those traits on. And so I think that's a, that's a good thing for us to pay attention to, to, to continue to doing in, in our lines. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. You know, if, if anything, you know, people need to realize or I, this is my point of view. I mean, which probably is not worth much, but you know, we want a coon dog before we have a competition dog. That's the first and foremost important thing. You know, your dog's got to try a coon in a lot of different conditions and a lot of different terrain. And if that, if you, if you get that out of your dog box, you know, most of the battles won. So, you know, and you know, that's just what I think that is the most important thing. You got to have a coon dog, tried and true that you have faith in when you turn it loose that it'll tread coon and then you know and then that go all goes back to where you know when hokey comes treed he sounds like this dog did 10 years ago or when sister comes treed she sounds like this dog did so many years ago or june or singer or you know they have those traits and like we'll be hunting and i'll tell jacob i'll say well or she hunts a lot like the old Roxy dog, or she, you know, she trees a lot like old uh, Sally, or, you know, just things like that. And, you know, I guess since, you know, I'm the age I am now, I look back and I'll say, well, that's what them back years ago, that's what he used to say, or, you know, that's what Uncle Fred used to say, or that's what so-and-so would say. And I guess, well, I guess that does hold true. Yeah, and Unfortunately, I think I've had a few of them dogs when you take drop the tailgate and open that dog box up and turn them loose. You didn't know what in the world they were going to do. So um, it is it is important. And one of the most important things, you know, especially with social media, you see these pups and their tree and coons five, six months old and, you know, making night champions at, you know, 10, 11, 12 months old and, and grand nights and stuff. And most, to me, the most important thing for me is I want a dog that tree a coon, but I want a dog that I enjoy taking and hunting that I like. Yeah. Cause I'm telling you, if it's miserable, it's no fun. It's no fun. And it's a, it's a hobby that, you know, that you can enjoy. And when it's miserable, it's no hobby in my book. Yeah, so, I, I agree. Like, just like we do in sports. We, you know, I coach and we don't have distractions. We get rid of distractions. And if it's not fun, you get rid of that distraction. Yeah, for sure. So I meant, another, I meant to ask you this real quick. Um, where did the Redwood name come from? My uncle had, that's what his kennel name was called back when I started and that I just kept it so honestly I really don't know where he got the name Redwood I don't know if it was from Redwood Stain the Redwood Forest or what but I've just kept the name and, yeah uh, so yeah that that's just a name when you hear you you're, you're or for me when I hear you know, my mind automatically goes to that line of plot dogs for, for sure. It's been around for a long time. We, uh, we enjoy them. Uh, you know, the group, you know, the, the, all of us guys that hunt together, you know, you know, we don't hunt together, but you know, half a time, half a dozen times a year, but we enjoy them and we enjoy each other than that. And that's what makes everything more enjoyable 
Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the most important thing. Whenever you and your buddies can get together and take a group of dogs that you have and go out and hunt, have a good time, you, you can go win world championships and all the money that you can possibly think of winning with one. But there, there's not many things that are more enjoyable than just being being together with a group of guys that you enjoy to be with and out hunting dogs that you enjoy hunting. Lindell has his grandson now, and he's, what, nine or ten, I think. And he goes with him every every time he can go hunting with him, he goes. And he's a hunter, and he really enjoys it. So one of these days, he'll be our next handler. Yeah. Well, we've been at it a little over 45 minutes now, and I, I know it seems hard to, to believe. And I don't want to keep you too long on a Sunday afternoon because I do appreciate you taking time to be on here. But do, do you have a coon hunting story that you might could share with us, something funny or serious or whatever? Well, let me see here. We've uh, We always – usually when we all get together, you never know what's going to happen. But Bandit, which was out of Oki, and Wes's, well, Rick and Wes owned the mom together. We was hunting one night, and our buddy Dave Mills was with us. And Bandit fell treed. Old Hokey fell treed one direction up the holler, and Bandit fell treed down the holler. So we went to Hokey, and then we went to Bandit, and we said, well, Rick, we always torment each other. And we said, well, Rick, bandits moved. Rick said, no, he hadn't. He's still there. I said, Rick, he's not in the same spot he was. So we get there, and he has climbed up a leaning tree over the holler. And, I mean, he was, like, I I don't like heights, but I would say he was every bit of a two-story house up in the tree over a holler, which made it even higher. And a big oak tree. And, you know, probably late July, early August. And uh, we saw said, well, how are we going to get him? And I said, well, I know one way we're not getting him, and I'm not going to go up there and get him. <laughs> so we called and we shot. We, you know, we got the dog's trend, you know, down the holler. We got, we tried everything, and he would not come down. And the coon was right above him, and he wouldn't come down, no matter what we did. So Rick said, I'm going to go up after him. I said, Rick, you're nuts. He said, I'm going to go up after him. So he went up after him. He shimmied up the tree and got bandit down. And thankfully it was, it was a funny night, but it could have been a, you know, a different story too, if Rick would have fell, but that was on him. But that was, it was, it was funny before and funny, even more funny after but it wasn't too funny. It was funny when he was climbing the tree too, but I was worried. But I mean, he was up there over top of a holler and it was, it was, that's probably, that probably topped the chart right there. But, you know, something that we always look back on a lot. Yeah. But, uh, well, I've, I've only had, um, a couple of dogs that climb just a little bit up a tree and most time it's been over water. So it ain't quite as scary, but I will say, this year on Friday night at the zones in Palmyra, Missouri, after the hunt was over, um, my dog has stuck his head in a brush pile and pulled a tracking collar off. And of course, you know, he got out of there and, uh, didn't know where he was at. And the hunt was over and Braxton wheels was with me and, uh, Braxton goes, and gets his dog and the other fella, uh, that was, there was the guy that won the cast and the other fella, he went and got to get his dog and he come back without his dog. And I said, where's your dog? And he says, she's about 30 or 40 foot up a tree. And I, I thought he was joking. And sure enough, we go over there and she is about 30 or 40 feet up in the tree. And, you know, my, uh, I, that, that was a, a little bit of a nerve wracking ordeal there, um, until he got his hands on her. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'll never forget. I was hunting years ago and we, that's when we had the, uh, beep beep colors and we'd, like we'd make a drop with these two dogs, switch colors, make a drop with these dogs, switch colors. So we just got them out of the truck on one of the drops, opened the gate, uh, opened the tailgate and opened the dog box doors. And we sent the dogs right up the holler through the, through the gate there. And we 
all looked at each other and said, them dogs don't have no tracking colors on them. Well, one of them was Lucky. Well, I had to get up and go to work. At, you know, I had to be at work at like 5.30 the next morning. And we found him probably at noon. Somebody called, luckily, and had Oki. But that was a very nerve-wracking night, too. Night and day. Yeah, and isn't it crazy? I, I, I actually uh, grew up in the time where, you know, I was, I didn't have a tracking collar or tracking system um, f- forever. Um, and I finally bought a collar that somebody could track with a quick track for me if I lost my dog at a hunt. And that's all I ever had for, for a long time. And nowadays, I wouldn't even think about turning a dog loose without a tracking collar on it. No, we don't even think about turning them loose in the yard. We can't, you know, I wouldn't turn them loose in the yard now without a collar. And used to, we hunt without, we used to hunt without them. So times have definitely changed. Uh, more population doesn't help, but times have definitely changed. And where I remember the dogs never come back and you couldn't call them in, you didn't know where they was at, you just lay your hunting coat down and go back the next day. Yeah, I had I had an old black and tan when I was in high school and He'd get out of pocket, and I didn't. I could drove around, couldn't find him. I didn't have no tracking system, no tracking collar, nothing. And I would, uh, I'd go back to where I turned him loose at, and I had an old Carhartt jacket I'd throw down there on the, on the ground. I'd come back first thing at first light the next morning. He'd be curled up laying on that jacket waiting on me. Yep, it's amazing what, you know that, that probably, has happened to everybody clear across this country. That something that won't never happen again. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Well, Mr. Jeffrey, we have been at it almost an hour. Um, and I know it don't seem like that, but, um, unless you have something else to, to add, I think we've covered quite a bit and shine some light on the uh, plot breed. Uh, I think we're to a place that we can probably, uh, come to a close here unless you got something to add or some, someone else you'd like to, uh, give a shout out to or thanks to. I'd just like to thank everybody that, you know, has called contacted us uh is hunting the dog you know you know i'm not interested in just hunting one of our dogs you know is pushing the plot dog and if they're pushing one of our dogs that's a plus but you know you know just make sure that everybody appreciates that everybody knows that we appreciate them pushing a plot dog because you know you read in the books, you know, they're few and far between anymore and always has been that way, but seems more so now. And, you know, there's a lot of good ones out there, but they're not all competition hunters either, but you don't have to be a competition hunter to, to own a good plot dog. So, you know, just so it's a coon dog, we appreciate them. I appreciate my, my boys carrying on the tradition. Uh, you know, as you get older, you kind of lose that. I'm still competitive, but I guess my motor just has a lot of miles on it right now. And, uh, and, uh, I, I still love it and it's an addiction. Just like you said, Wes got you back in, your wife said, Wes got you back into this mess. And, uh, it's an addiction that you, you can't shake. You know, and it's, you always have that want to hear that dog tree. Yeah, that is, that is for sure. There's, when I was not coon hunting, there was, I don't remember not one fall, uh, that it didn't roll around and that little cool nip in the air. Uh, you know, you wake up that early that morning and that cool nips in the air. And my first thought was, uh, you know, not deer hunting or a cup of coffee. It was, man, I wish I had a dog to turn loose tonight. Yeah. There's several nights, several mornings I've woke up and went to work and you just have that burning, sensation all through your body and it's from being so tired you can't keep your eyes open and see straight but it's a it's a when you look back at it it's a good feeling and that's a good feeling that you always want to feel yeah that that is true well mr jeffrey i really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast and really take taking the time out on a sunday afternoon to sit down and record with me and uh if uh, we can ever do anything to help you, don't don't uh, be a stranger. Reach out to us. And again, I appreciate you sharing your uh, your history with us and about your plot dogs. 
same here, and I appreciate you thinking about me, thinking yes. about us. Yes, sir. Well, you have a good afternoon, okay. and thanks for being uh, being part of the podcast today. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Have a good day. Yes, sir. Bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Coonhound Collective podcast today. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you don't mind, head over to Facebook and give us a like, and head over to Instagram and give us a follow. It's both at The Coonhound Collective. Also, if you would like to reach us here at The Coonhound Collective, you can reach us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. If there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to hear talked about, please send it to thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Thanks again. Have a great day.